Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome to episode 50 of the Empower Humans podcast. I am so excited. We have hit a humongous milestone, my friends. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for continuing as we move forward this podcast. And this is just the beginning, my friends. This is just the first chapter, the first uh, time around the track. Uh, we're almost at a year, so we've gone about an episode a week, I've been saying lately, and I'm excited for that. And I'm so excited for this particular episode. Uh, it's only fitting we have the son of the late, great Zig Ziglar, Tom, uh, joining us talking all kinds of interesting insights about his dad and his processes and the thousands and thousands of hours of work and love that he put into his legacy, this work of uh, you know around 30 books and just tons of powerful, powerful material. And Tom and the family, he's got three sisters, continue this legacy moving forward. Uh, Tom has a new book out called Choose to Win. Uh, you can pick that up at choosetowinbook.com. You could also pick it up through our Audible trial, I believe, audibletrial.com slash empowerhumans. They offer a free audio book to our listeners, so I believe that might be one of the multitude of uh, millions of books you can pick up there as well. I want to just remind you, our audience, as always, you are priceless. You are absolutely priceless priceless. Nobody, nothing, in no way can change that ever. That is a permanent state. You are priceless. Your value exceeds all of the things around you. We're all of an equal priceless nature as one as humanity. And I just want you to remember that sometimes it's easy to fall into a trap where we start to believe some delusion that oh, maybe you're not priceless or some other way, some thing, some person made you think otherwise. But I promise you 100%, you are absolutely worth more than all the riches and nonsense, the so-called riches of this world, because the real riches are found in you, my friend. Also, I want to, with that, just remind you also that you're never alone. Okay, if you're feeling alone in some dark times right now or whatever it might be, or the other challenges, depression, other things, trust me, I understand some of that. I've experienced it in my own life and my family. And uh, reach out, reach out to neighbors, reach out to me, uh, empowerhumans.com, at empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we're all here for you. You are not alone, I promise you, a million percent. You are never alone, my friends. Uh, just want to, again, reiterate, this, is, this episode is going to knock your socks off just like a couple other interviews we've had recently as well. We've had several of just incredible people, and this was one I was looking forward to for a while. And I had written it down. I want to I want to get Tom Ziegler. I got to get Tom. I got to talk to this family. Got to talk about <laughs> Because I'll just tell you, Zig has had a major, major impact on so many lives. And one of those is mine. One of We talked in this interview about uh, they estimated around 250 plus million people have been impacted by his work. And millions heard him speak in person. And uh, we, we are privileged to have those recordings and so many things to look back on. I just started one of Zig's uh, later books in his career and in his life called Better Than Good which is another one you can pick up, uh, I think, through Audible and these other options that I'm giving you. Uh, challenge is always study along with all of that. Study, keep studying if you have been, start studying if you haven't. Just study, learn, grow. He talks about these thousands of hours of study. Zig was putting in three hours a day. I'm not going to give away the interview uh, of just study and research and, and forming material into this palatable thing for his audiences and his books. And, and, and so study, keep studying. You don't have to be Zig Ziglar. Uh, but you could be your own version of that in your own life and just be a positive influence. And it wasn't just study for the sake of study. In Zig's case, it was study to project that positive power and energy and knowledge out into the world. And so maybe study with a purpose is part of our challenge this time. Make great moments. Show your loved ones you love them. Make uh, love a verb, not a noun only. Make it something that's constantly growing. we got to feed things to make them grow. Surprise your loved ones. 
That could be family, friends, coworkers, roommate, whoever it might be. Surprise and, and love and just create great moments in your life. There's all kinds of ways. Be creative. Make great moments. And, of course, our last challenge, let's keep doing this podcast together. I can't tell you enough, like yet again, how excited I am to bring you this interview. So without further ado, here is our interview with the one and only Tom Ziegler, son of the late, great Zig Ziegler, and a powerhouse in his own right. Here we go. What an honor and privilege it is to be here with Tom Ziegler, who uh, continues the Ziegler legacy as son of the late, great Zig Ziegler, who has influenced me and literally millions of others. And Tom, in his own right, is incredible. I've heard him speak. I've heard him uh, talk on all kinds of great topics. He has a a new book uh, that we're going to talk about as well. And uh, Tom, the book is called Choose to Win, right? Absolutely. Choose to win. Transform your life. One simple choice at a time. Okay, okay. Right in line with the stuff uh, your dad did too. You're not you're not writing like Stephen King esque uh, novels. You're <laughs> writing about winning. You're writing about success and all those sorts of things, right? So, Tom, let's uh, let's talk a little bit now. I, I want to in the time we have. There's a lot of stuff I want to cover, and I hope and I'm going to kind of just see where we go with it. To be honest, this is how I like to conduct an interview. I've got a lot of stuff I want to ask you. Let's talk a little bit about the, some of this background coming up to where we are now, and with this book, and and your dad, obviously, of course, too. So, Tom, your dad, uh, he started writing books into his 40s, right, where he started to have success. This is what I understand. Now, uh, how many siblings do you have? I have three sisters. Um, my oldest sister, Susie, passed away about 24 years ago. But I get the pleasure of working with my other two sisters, Cindy and Julie. Oh, okay. So the family works together. Everyone behave okay and uh, get along okay, <laughs> in spite of it being family? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have fun together. My sister, Cindy, works here at the office. And uh, my sister Julie is a speaker, and she does a, a lot of nonprofit work and things like that. Where do you fit into that mix? I'm the baby by ten year, almost ten years. Ah, so. the baby, just, just yeah. like just like me, I'm the baby of three boys. Now, uh, <laughs> being the youngest, sometimes we get a little spoiled. What is this like growing up with a guy like Zig Ziglar? Because the rest of us, you know, I know Zig's stuff. And by the way, I just want to say up front. I personally, and this is no exaggeration, Zig has influenced me in all kinds of major ways and, and your continuing legacy as well with what you're doing. And uh, I, I can't think of anyone, uh, more than a few people who could fit in maybe like the top three influential motivator speakers in the 20th century and beyond uh, other than your dad. So it's no exaggeration to say that stuff. So what's it like on the family side growing up with a guy like this? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, the words that come to mind are blessed and grateful and amazing. As good as Dad was on stage, he was even better off stage. He was so personable, uh, just true and true. He's also, some people are surprised, He's a, he was an introvert at home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So very, uh, very much interested in conversation and relationship. And gosh, we just had so much uh, fun together and time together. We played a lot of golf. Oh, yeah. uh, but everything that he talked about, he lived out. So that, that to me is just a, a blessing. Yeah, that's incredible. Now I listened to I listened to your dad talk, and in fact, I was listening to some things last night just to kind of get in the in the zone for this interview today. And uh, I, I heard, in fact, it was one of his later uh, books, "Better Than Good." And uh, I heard him at the front front end of that say he dedicated this to you. 
uh, John Thomas Ziegler, of whom he is immensely proud and all these great things. Uh, some people don't have a dad like that. I mean, what do you have to say to people? Now, you don't necessarily know that life, but what do you have to say to those people who maybe didn't have a dad as loving, supportive, and proud and golfing with them, <laughs> all that kind of thing? Do you have anything to say to those folks? Because, you, like you say, you're blessed, so I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Uh, first off is, you know, my father didn't have a dad. His dad died when he was five. Oh, yeah. And so he has no remember. You know, he doesn't remember his father. Uh, maybe like one memory, I think, is all he shared through his whole life. Oh. And so, you know, there's so many people who are in the same situation. You know, they're raised by a single parent. Uh, they don't have a memory of their father. And yet, how did Zig Ziglar turn out to be the father and the man that he was? Yeah, yeah. And I think it really just comes down to this, and, and it's something that we all have the power to do, mm-hmm. and that's that's to choose. Uh, there was a time in his life when, when Dad said, you know what, I want to be the best father and the best husband I can be. And he, you know, he didn't... He didn't, you know, just say, well, there's no chance because I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a role model. Instead, what he did is he studied and read uh, literally hundreds of books and spent thousands of hours in God's word, figuring out what it meant to be a good husband and a good father. Yeah. Um, And so we all have that choice. And then there's other people who are, I think, even a tougher situation where they had the wrong kind of role model. You know, parent that was in that. It wasn't a good relationship. It was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but I'm a big believer of hope in that. Uh, regardless of what's happened, you can still uh, learn from that and make a decision that the next generation, the legacy that you leave, is going to be based on what you do and not what was done to you. Yeah, and that's that's a hard one because. You know, it's not easy, but there are still so many examples of people who grew up in really horrific circumstances who have turned out to be incredible people and parents. Um, so I consider myself, a, you know, blessed to come out of that. Uh, and then there's, then we see it all the time. I mean, there's a whole scandal going on in your neck of the woods with the Hollywood parents, you know, buying education deceitfully for their kids uh and so kids can be given everything and still have the wrong role models (laughs) yeah no you're right (laughs) and so it really does come down to what you believe is important and then choosing that in your life yeah that's a great point i imagine that's uh Given the title of your book, Choose to Win, that's a, kind of the centerpiece of that, just making a choice, regardless of, of one's background of good or bad, difficult or easy, whatever it might be. Some some people might have some things easy and other things hard, like uh, have lots of money, but also have, you know, parents with some sort of drug thing or some other situation. But the the fact that you're focusing on choosing is is a pretty powerful thing, I think, because that's really at the center of, of what we are and can be in this life, isn't it? Yeah, that to me is the key. Um, you know, every day we have the choice to get up or not get up, to you know, work hard or take it easy, to add value or take away. Um, and, you know, the, the what I see is that the people who have a clear vision 
of who they want to become, of what they want to accomplish, and then choose to take the action steps necessary to get there, they're the ones who not only have achieved the greatest level of success and fulfillment, but they are also the ones who have the most fun. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go, yeah, yeah. we're going to go, we're going to go around this earth a lot of, or around the sun a lot of times in our life if we live a while. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, why not have fun, have great relationships uh, along the way, even though it's going to be tough because it's, it's going to be tough regardless. Yeah. But why not make the choices that make the ride even better? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and I like that you look at it as kind of a full a full life package deal that you can have fun, that uh, enjoy your relationships and have success in the process. And that can obviously be in the, in the business and, you know, career realm. Uh, so it's kind of a full package deal when it comes down to making, making these choices. Now, uh, obviously <laughs> having a dad like Zig, uh, and then by the way, I was always wondering, cause I never quite did the research on this. I was like, why did his parents name him Zig? <laughs> and then I, cause it's like, you know, obviously they know his last name Ziggler. And then I realized later, oh, that was a nickname <laughs> that, uh, it, it was his birth name, Hil- Hillary. Yeah. His first name was, uh, he was, he was born Hillary Hinton. Yeah. In fact, my, my grandparents named all of their kids, uh, all the boys with H's. Oh, really? So he was, he was Hillary. He had Houston, Hewell, Huey, Hubert, his brothers. Uh, so <laughs> with a name like, with a name like Hillary. Yeah. And you go to school, guess what? Everybody nicknamed him. They just called him Zig or Ziggy. And so that's what stuck. Yeah. And then when you think, when you think about it, could, was there ever a better stage name than Zig Ziglar? I mean, it's like memorable, one of a kind. So what a, what a great happenstance that was. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Well, yeah, and I'm glad we cleared that. Some folks listening might might oh, yeah, I didn't know that either because everyone just knows Zig Ziglar. Wow. And just like a really uh, zippy sounding uh, upbeat name. And then obviously 10 times more once you hear him speak. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of how he speaks, I hear him speak and, and what it, it kind of conjures in my mind, this idea of kind of a, almost like a Southern preacher kind of thing with this, uh, you can, you know, I'm not even going to try to do it cause I won't do it justice, but he kind of had this, uh, sing songy, but really, uh, rhythmic way of speaking that was real captivating. Did he talk like that at home? Did he, you know, when you get in trouble, <laughs> Tom, <laughs> you know? No, I mean he definitely had a little bit of a southern drawl, but yeah, I love it. He, yeah, he talked pretty normal just in conversation, and then um, you know one of the things that people don't understand is that to be an effective speaker or communicator on stage, um, it's a lot more than just having a message. Uh, he studied phrases, and he was a wordsmith, and he tried to figure out. Uh, the most concise, memorable way to say quotes. Yeah. And his voice and tone would always uh, draw people in. Um, and he did everything around stories. So his stories are what people remember. And so if you can remember the story and then the quote, then you get the message as well. Um, and so that was all uh, just literally thousands of hours of work going into that. Yeah, you don't 
you just don't find people who communicate that way who haven't put in the time. And but he made it look so easy. Yeah. And so that we forget that. And that's really good, right? I mean, that's really what you want. A, a true expert is somebody who can make the the complex and the in the difficult almost seem simple and easy, even though it's not. Yeah. No, absolutely. And we take for granted how much work goes into like I, I've watched stand up comics. I've always been kind of fascinated with them and guys like your dad, of course, and, and just realizing. And as I've studied these people, what kind of work really goes into this? It, it, he wasn't born naturally able to do this. I mean, he probably had some natural God given talent, but uh, something like any talent, you got to develop and, and put some real hours in work. Like you say, thousands of hours. So he. <laughs> Sounds like he, and from what I understand, he he was just reading books left and right. Because I've heard you talk on some recordings, too, in the Ziegler Legacy series that you guys have, uh, just about watching him uh, just pump out uh, all kinds of material and also be just constantly consuming material from all sorts of sources, from the newspaper to to the Bible to other texts in between. (laughs) Just constantly devouring and then translating that into something palatable for for an audience, right? Yeah, I mean, somebody said, "What was Zig Ziglar's secret?" And this is this is what I would tell you: if if you were to just do this, it'll change your life. Uh, he, Dad, researched and read and studied three hours a day. Wow. wow. And but but here's the difference maker. Okay, he. He did that for this one purpose, mm-hmm. to internal, so that he could internalize it, simplify it, and then speak it in such a way or write it in such a way that somebody else could take that and it would change their life. Yeah. And so for everybody listening, uh, I would say this. If you want to become the person that I believe God created you to become, if you were just to do this one thing, what if? You just dedicated 15 or 20 minutes a day to listening to, reading, studying, learning something for the sole benefit of, of helping someone else. Yeah. You internal, And then you go and share it with them. If you did that every day and you did it for 40 years, which was what dad did, over 40 years, <laughs> just imagine what your life, how different your life would be. And that's really the key. I mean, just imagine if you did it for a year. What if for 15 minutes a day for one year, you just read or listened to something and then you made it a point every day to go and share what you just learned with somebody else for their benefit. It'll change your life. Yeah. What a, what a great point. I mean, we talk to our audience. I've always challenged our audience a few things. One of them is study, you know, start studying if you haven't been no better time than the present or keep studying. If you have been just constantly studying and, and we're talking about taking that to another level with what, you know, your dad did, Zig, and what you're probably doing as far as finding things that you can impart, not just I'm going to be selfish and learn something just for me. It's it's how we can take and project that out into the world with positive energy, right? Right. Yeah. So I, and, and as I look at the, you talk about his quotes that he would take and, and just like really meticulously find the best way to, to present a, a concise message like that. I think of things, and a lot of these things have have stuck with me and meant a lot to me. Things like failure is an event, not a person. Uh, you get the best out of life by putting your best into life. 
and forgive me if I'm, you know, a couple words off here and there, because we, we've got to respect the, the master wordsmith putting these words in there uh, very calculated like that. Also, you can one of the probably the top thing people know Zig for is saying this. You can get everything you want out of life by helping enough other people get what they want. And what do you think he meant by that? We talk about 40 plus years and and all this uh, all this effort and work. What do you think he meant by that? And some of these other quotes. You know what he was what he was doing is you know it's, that's kind of like the, the golden rule. Uh, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. And it's and it really has it's pretty deep when you get into it. For example, um, when you think of the way life is, you got to put something into life in order to get something out of it. And in our culture today, entitlement is a pretty big subject. It's a big word. And we talk about how so many people feel entitled, like they're owed something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if that's your view, if that's the way you live, then that's contrary to that whole quote, which is you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. In other words, you have to go and give and support and help others first before before you get what you want. And and that is kind of the, the idea. I mean, that's the way relationships are really made is what do people want in a relationship? They want someone they can trust, someone they respect, someone they can count on. So we have to go and be that person first before we get that return to us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's not always returned, uh, but still the things that we want in life, it's worth doing it right. Because what do we want? We want a good night's sleep and healthy relationships. And, you know, we want to be in good physical shape and we want to have success in our career. And we want peace of mind and, you know, all of these things. And so when we are those things first, then we, then we bring that back to us. Yeah. And I love that. Like that message comes through in so many stories that uh, your dad and you now uh, share with the world. It's just, <laughs> I think he, I think he told a story one time. I thought, wow, what an incredibly deep story about. And again, forgive me if I'm not getting all the details right off the top of my head, but uh, where somebody's, uh, I think it was somebody's boss at work said something, or I think it had to do with maybe somebody's dog. And then it just was kind of this chain reaction throughout the day. Of, of all these just awful things. So are you being that in somebody's life or are you being the positive influence that creates positive chain reactions? And again, I'm probably butchering the whole idea because I'm not even going to try to do it justice here, but those kind of stories. And then he talked about things like the cafeteria where you don't go to the cafeteria and then, you know, eat and then pay. You got to pay and then you get your food, you know, just like at the drive through <laughs> Just like it kind of like, and obviously you guys are very religious people. It comes through very, very clearly in, in the messages here. It's kind of the same way Jesus taught in parables. You know, we're not trying to say any of us, including your dad, rises to that level necessarily. But uh, do you think he got some inspiration kind of looking at, you know, Jesus seemed like a pretty good teacher. Why don't we uh, share some stories and do kind of like what he did? <laughs> well, dad even said, you know, uh, and, it, and it's a scripture that Jesus taught in parables. He taught in stories. Yes. Every, everything he did was a parable or a story. And so dad did the same. Uh, this is what we do know. That people don't remember what you said, but they do remember how you made them feel. Yes. And stories have emotion and feeling. 
And if I can remember the story, then I remember the feeling. And if I remember the feeling, then I'm far more likely to follow through with that, whatever the recommendation is. Yeah. Um, Dad also was very quick to tell his own struggles about his early life and how it was difficult and how he failed in sales. And yeah. he did that. He did that simply to be transparent because uh, everybody goes through the struggle. They go through the fire, the hard time, the furnace. Yes. Um, and, and that's why he shared his because if, if he went through it, because all we see is the end result, right? All we see is the, the, you know, the expert on stage or the expert doing whatever. We don't usually get the, a glimpse of all the struggles they had to go through to get there. No. Uh, but no. when we say that they struggle, then that encourages us and it keeps us uh, motivating and, and moving forward, even though it's hard. Yeah, and there's there's something powerful about having a transparent story like that where people don't just look at, at a guy like Zig and just, well, he's just always had this stuff together. No, he, he certainly didn't, and I've, I've listened to that. And, and some of us who also, all of us really, are facing challenges, that gives us something more we can relate to. Oh, okay, he kind of knows what I'm going through. And, uh, and, and so I think about this. Uh, again, he didn't really start having success, I understand, until he was, you know, mid to late 40s. Uh, you know, with his starting to write books and so on. And do you remember some of that when you were a kid? Do you, what do you remember about not being able to pay the bills and stuff? Because this is some of the stuff he talked about. Well, I was only, uh, I was young. So I was the last born 10 years younger than my sister. Right, so right. I, I grew up in a different house than my sisters did. So oh. Ever since I can remember, he was considered, you know, just one of the top speakers, uh, his career was really going, uh, doing well. Uh, so I don't remember the before, uh, the before picture too much. Oh, okay. I do know, I do know, you know, just from families, conversations and stories that, you know, there was a lot of years where he moved from, from one opportunity to the next, you know, trying to make it. And it, it was difficult. Uh, but he accepted he accepted Christ in 1972, mm-hmm. and his book at the top came out in 1974. And those two things kind of went hand in hand, and, and really changed the trajectory of his of his speaking career. Wow, wow, that's powerful stuff. And uh, you know, I guess in some ways you're fortunate not to have uh, <laughs> lived through the "we can't pay the bills" uh, era. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to get one of your sister on the line one of these days to talk about. Yeah, we've seen night and day where it was, and then all of a sudden he had this major success. It's powerful to have a, a transparent story we're talking about here, and and also uh, when we talk about these dark times, tell me a little bit about uh, what your dad affectionately called the redhead, which is your mom. I understand it, <laughs> and and he said, in fact, I was listening last night to this better than good uh, audio recording. And he said he calls her the redhead when he's talking about her. When he talks to her, I think he said he calls her the sugar baby or something like that. But tell tell me about that and that relationship and anything else. Yeah, well, Dad said this many times. That he said you never would have heard of Zig Ziglar if it hadn't been for the redhead. Uh, so, <laughs> and he's and he was right. You know, uh, Mom just passed away last July. She was ninety. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She had an amazing life, but I'll just. I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, so dad, when he was five, his father died. 
And he went to work at six years old selling peanuts on the corner. They had to. He was in, it was the heart of the Great Depression. He worked from the time he was six until almost when he, when he passed away. Um, he never did well in school. Dad used to say he was in the part of the class that made the top half possible. <laughs> and uh, went into the Navy, got out, and then he really struggled for years. He struggled in sales. Yeah. And then mom, of course, uh, they met when mom was 16 and dad was 18. And uh, they got married a couple of years later. And she believed in dad 100%. No matter what was going on, she had unwavering faith that he could make it happen. So she was there. We called mom the happy hugger because if, <laughs> if it was moving, she would stop it and hug it. If it wasn't moving, she'd dust it off and sell it. Uh, she kept the home fires burning and provided uh, the home and, and whatever dad needed. Now with mom, when she was 10, she heard a gunshot in the other room oh, no. and her grandfather or her father had committed suicide. Oh goodness. Wow. So think about this. Dad loses his dad when he's five, part of the great depression goes to work when he's six. Mom's father commits suicide. So they get married. And she's 18 and he's 20. What would our culture say the chance of this young couple having, you know, having a life that they had? They'd give them no chance, right? Two, two families, two, no fathers, hard at poverty. I mean, about as tough as it gets. And yet, when you look at the outcome of their life, I think most people would be real happy to have that life. You know, Dad, we estimate, impacted 250 million people. Uh, wow. countless thousands of lives changed and success on all levels. And so what was the difference? You know, people who are listening and they're coming out of their own struggles, what is it that enabled Zig and Gene Ziegler, the redhead and Zig, to have the life that they did? And I believe early on it was a combination of the choices they made and the faith that they had. Yeah. And that's something available to all of, us, all of us. We can all change who we are and what we are by changing what goes in your mind. We can choose to become the person God created us to become. Yeah. And so when I think of mom, I just think of somebody who really uh, understood that uh, she was here on purpose, for a purpose, with a mission, and she was going to take care of the family and do whatever she could to help dad in his role. And I will tell you this. With that 100% certainty, if mom hadn't been there, the world would have never heard of Zig Ziglar. Yeah, that's uh, that's a powerful thing to hear, and I and I appreciate you giving her the uh, credit where credits absolutely due, because and that's what I hear across. In fact, last week we had an interview with a guy who works uh, Sony Animation, and he said his wife is just you know as an artist <laughs> in this because he animates and draws. Uh, that there's dark times there too. And she just stuck with him. He had to do all sorts of things along the way. And, uh, and just like your dad, she stuck with him and support. And so I, that's, that's a very, uh, important and consistent formula I'm seeing is that there has to be support. And for those out there who maybe don't, don't have that, it's, uh, maybe, you know, it's something that we need to work on in our relationships and in our view of life. And uh, it, it doesn't mean that we don't try and do our best to provide. Obviously, your dad did that and then finally uh, started to break through and become the Zig that we all know. But uh, she she was there when it was the Zig we didn't know, when it was Hillary and still Zig. But 
it wasn't it wasn't that zig on stage that we all grew to love. Um, so we talk about like he's, this quote, and I don't mean to shift gears here. Where your your dad said he was the part of the class that made the the top half possible. <laughs> he, you know, he said tons of funny things. Was he like that uh, personally too? Like at home, uh, cracking jokes, or did he test his material at home? Like, why don't you see what you think of this, Tom? <laughs> he was always cracking jokes. Yeah, and always coming up with the funny stuff. Uh, you know, Dad was a big fan of humor and what he would call proper and clean humor. Uh, because, by the way, it's it's much funnier and much more difficult to be proper and clean in your humor uh, than it is to go over to the other side. Yeah. So he, he loved that, you know, and he, he used to he'd have a big grin on his face and. You know, as he told stories that were just tall tales, and he'd say, "You know, it's not much of a storyteller that can improve on the story." <laughs> uh, and so he he would just have fun, but nobody loved a big laugh better than than Dad. That's for sure. Yeah. And what kind of role does that play? Do you think in our success? I mean, we talking since we're on that note about laughter, and obviously that was a big part of his life. It seems to also be a consistent theme in successful people. You got to be able to laugh both at yourself and you know, within reason, uh, the things around us, but what kind of role does that play? What do you think, Tom, personally, as far as laughter? Uh, it, to me, it's a huge role. And I'll just give you, uh, just, this is a temperature on our culture right now. We are, we are so politically divided that if a staunch conservative told a really funny joke, uh, there would be staunch liberals, and by the way, this is vice versa, mm-hmm. uh, who wouldn't laugh. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't laugh because they don't have a relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, laughter is a symptom. It's an outward appearance of relationship. And so when there's a, lot of, when there's a lack of laughter, there's a lack of relationship. I think they go hand in hand. Uh, of course, we can laugh at uh, things that people we don't know or don't, you know, we're just not, we don't have any relationship, but, but in a family context, uh, laughter is one of those things that kind of binds us together. Yes. And of course, uh, everything that, that we teach and believe is that, you know, we never, uh, we never want to create laughter at the, at the expense of someone else. Yeah. But that's, that's not right. So dad was a big fan of the jokes. And of course he could, he could uh, do do the self-deprecating humor better than anybody when he would joke about himself and where he came from. And that's really, in, in most cases, that's a sign of confidence and stability where we're able to, you know, make light of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, not, that, not that we value ourselves less, but we realize, hey, you know what? I can look in the mirror and laugh and that's okay because, you know, that's the way I am. Yeah. Well, it loosens us up a little bit just to be able to laugh both, you know, at ourselves and then laugh with the world around us, I believe. And, and you're right. It, it bonds people together. Like you talk about all these political different. We won't laugh at a joke if they represent this side of the aisle or, or something like that. But uh, and, and from a speaking standpoint, I mean, you're telling stories and there's laughter. I mean, that's one huge way to win over an audience because then they're captivated. Oh, wow, you really got my my mind stimulated and he got me laughing and he'd do that right off the bat, getting people going. Uh, and, and I'm sure you do too. When you speak to people, 
Um, but so that's what I, I remember. <laughs> your dad told this story uh, about a woman, I think, trying to lose weight, and she was kind of almost immobile and just started little by little taking a few steps and then taking a walk and maybe around the block and eventually turned into two blocks. And then by the end of the story, it was, and now her family doesn't know where she is. <laughs> it was just kind of this hilarious kind of end of the story, but it was also an inspirational <laughs> kind of thing. And I just sit there laughing and taking notes because this master who puts, and, and by the way, you point out, and I want to just say again, he put in the hours. It wasn't just, and he put it in for the right reasons, wanted to, from what you're telling me, wanted to lift humanity. And 250 million people, like there's not a lot of us that can can say at this point, and you're a part of that now too. Uh, so you're part of that b big legacy and the, and the next generation moving forward. But wow, <laughs> that's just a, a massive. And how does that feel, Tom? How does that feel being a part of that? And just see, do you meet people like me? I'm one of them. What, what is that like meeting these people who've been impacted so much by this? Well, one of my blessings is I can travel anywhere in the world and I meet family. And mm. it's because we adopt people. Yeah. Um, if you've been impacted by the Ziggler message in some way, listen to the tapes, the CDs, read the books, uh, internalized it, then we have a kinship, right? We we yeah. have a, we have a similar background. And so when when people would we'd be out to lunch and people would, would come and interrupt our lunch mm. to talk to dad. Mm. It was never an interruption. It was always a blessing because they would say, Oh, I just wanted to thank you. You know, and they would talk about how some idea or concept or principle or value that they'd learned to change their life. Yeah. And it could be, could be their career took off or the marriage got better or it helped them with their kids. I mean, you never knew where it was coming from. And if there's, if there's any kind of legacy, that's the one you want to leave. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Mark Batterson, who's an author, said that an inheritance is what you leave to someone. A legacy is what you leave in someone. Yes. And, and that's the business that we're in. Is we're trying to transfer wisdom, knowledge, truth to people so they can internalize it and then make good decisions based on that. Mm -hmm. And when that happens... And then you teach that same thing to the next generation. That's a legacy that ripples through eternity, and and that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, one of the comments, one of the comments that I tell people is that uh, you are going to leave a legacy. The question is, is it by chance or by design? And so, one of the things that we teach is, hey, let's leave a legacy by design. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, and uh, just the idea of someone coming up to. And you're there, you know, interrupt the lunch and uh, happy to see that, of course, too. I mean, obviously, it makes these thousands and thousands of hours and all the other efforts worth it, all that study and all that uh, putting things together. Um, Tom, let's talk Let's talk more in depth about your book before we uh, wrap up here, too. Tell me more about where this book's coming from and... Uh, and kind of some of the principles surrounding it, if you would. We talked a little bit about choice at the beginning, but tell me more. Yeah, so the book is called Choose to Win, Transform Your Life One Simple Choice at a Time. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, the, the kind of the foundational idea, I was speaking at an event in Australia, and this guy, right before the break, said, Tom, he asked this question. He said, Tom, what is the fastest way to success? And I didn't, you know, I'd never heard that question before, so I thought about it for a brief second, just kind of off the cuff, said, 
fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a real simple yet real powerful foundational point. And so later on that day when I was introduced again, my the person who introduced me, my mentor, Steve McKnight, he said, hey, did you hear what Tom said? Tom said the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Mm. And so I couldn't, you know, I was like, really? I said that. So I wrote it down. <laughs> I ended up Googling it that night. Nobody ever said it, so I claimed it. And that kind of became the foundation of the book. Wow. And then in our life, and something we've been teaching for years, is that there are seven areas of our life the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career. Yeah. And so, so the idea became, well, what if in each one of those areas, what if all I did was replace a little bad habit with a little good habit and did that over and over and over again? And you can, you can, you can change your life. I mean, you can transform who you are dramatically just by approaching this but at the end of the day, it all starts with the choice. And so what we really encourage and what the book teaches is what if we choose the habits that then create the life we've always dreamed of? And that's what the book sets out to do. It's very simple. covers every area of life. It helps you define where you want to go and how you're going to get there. So it's, it's not, Dad said, never give a promise without a plan. Mm, so, yeah. so if the promise is a better life or the life you've always wanted, what's the plan? Well, this book does both. It gives you the promise and the plan. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. And I, I look at the uh, the summary, you know, from Amazon, and uh, we got a little bit of an echo going on here, but uh, it talks about the, you know, identify life-killing unhealthy habits that cause misery, dissatisfaction, lack of success, and more importantly, how to implement positive habits, like you're saying, because it's it's important if you're going to take something out to to replace it, right? You can't just, even if it's something as simple as smoking, you know, you can have another habit of chewing gum instead or or something like that. I like, I like, I like that idea. Um, yeah. Every time you get rid of something, it leaves a vacuum. So you need to replace it with something else. Yeah. So, so we replace a bad habit with a good habit. Yes. Yes. Well, and I, so I'm excited for this book. Do you have like a, an audio version of the book too, or do we just have the text right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's where you, where you want to go. We have a website. It's called choose to win book.com. Okay. And there are links there that'll take you to Amazon or Audible, uh, Kindle version. Uh, if you want an autograph, there's a link there to get an autograph uh, through us. Yeah. But basically, choose choose to win book.com takes you everywhere to get it wherever you want to go. Um, and I, you know, to me, somebody said, Tom, how long did it take to write that book? And and I'll be honest with you, it took me 53 years to write that book. <laughs> That's how old I am. Uh-huh. And the context was how in 2019, with all the things that have changed and all the things that remain the same, how do we kind of navigate and start right where we are? Because we can't change our past. You know, we can't change our parents or what happened to us a year ago. We can't change that. Right. But how do we 
in the context of where we are today, how do we create the future that we want? Mm-hmm. How do we become the person God created us to become? And how can we do it in a very systemized way? Uh, and the reason I say systemized way is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big believer in goal setting. And systems and goals don't really care whether you believe in them or not. Right, right. But if you, if you, but if you work the goal, do the system, and you do it every day, you're going to see the results. And so that's what's cool. So sometimes people will get involved, and they don't even believe when they start that it's going to work. But because they do it long enough, they start to see the results. And that's where life change happens. Yeah, yeah. Great, great points. And that's just how the universe works. It's just uh, systems in place, rules and uh, laws. And if we abide the laws and and cut out the things that are holding us back, put in good things that move us forward the right direction, is a very simple. And that can apply to just about anybody. So and I think, you know, as we close here, you know, one of the things your dad said that we alluded to earlier was he said, I think it was be before do, and you have to do before you have. And it's all in line with your book, too. And I just love to see you continuing this legacy because it would be a horrible thing. I mean, we we still have a a wealth of knowledge and material just from your dad, but I love to see it moving forward also with with Tom, of whom your dad was so immensely. I could feel that in his voice uh, talking to us. Uh, last night when I was listening and getting in the zone for all this, I could just feel his love for you and for all of us, really. And uh, I can feel yours as well as, as we move forward here. Is there anything else you want to add about uh, your book or any other events or your dad or your mom or family or anything else you want to add before we wrap up here, Tom? No, I'm good. Uh, the one thing I would say is, is that at choosetowinbook.com, there's a lot of bonuses uh, that you can get uh, with the book right now. So if you're listening to this, don't delay. You want to, you might as well get the free stuff that comes with it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. Choose to Go there right now. Don't delay. Don't forget and uh, pick up Tom's book and uh, continue this legacy. And I, again, I can't say enough about all the love and appreciation we have for you and your family and your dad and the, the redhead and this whole thing. We love you guys. And uh, let's do this again. Maybe we collaborate in some capacity down the road too, my friend. So until next time for our audience, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit empowerhumans.com. We'll catch you next time.